Craft Beer Radio, episode 184, on June 29th, 2011. Craft Beer Radio, where we're about to hit July. That's all I got for now. This is... Uh, uh, some, the year is flying by, yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> that's what happens when you get old. This is Porter, Stouts, and Old Ales today. Oh my. Yeah, it's kind of a, a fridge clean-out. Um, some of the big bottles on the bottom shelf that, you know, are a little too special to drink by myself in my basement, so... That's why I have my friend Greg over, and and all of you listening at home, all of you, all, all of you friends, along with us. So, what are we pulling out first? We pulling out We're doing the, the Walker's Reserve, Firestone Walker Brewing Company's Walker's Reserve, Porter. If they make other kinds of reserves, I'm not sure. It's a robust porter, 5.9 percent alcohol by volume, selectively fermented in the Firestone Union Oak Barrel Brewing System. So, I suppose that it's yeah. So they use the Union Barrel Brewing System, and. I'm a little rusty on exactly what that is, but they do primary fermentation in oak, in these oak barrels, uh, and usually the double the um, union. Uh, we don't get Firestone Walker here, so forgive me if I don't remember the beers. They they do a pale ale called. Um, you have the website up in front of you, but it's yes. like a Union. It's not Union Jack, I don't think. Uh, and then double barrel ale. And then, um, you know, these reserves, they do in the Union Barrels also. It is called Union Jack. There you go. Okay. So this is um, malted with uh, Premium 2-Row, Maris Otter, Crystal 77, Crystal 120, DH Carafa, Chocolate Wheat and Oat Flakes. It's a hell of a bill. Uh, Hopped Bittering with uh, U.S. uh, Goldings. Uh, Late Kettle East Kent Goldings and World Pearl Hops are Cascade. 22-ounce bottles available in California, Nevada, Oregon, Washington, Arizona, Montana, Chicago, uh, Massachusetts, New Jersey, New York, Virginia, Pennsylvania, Washington, D.C., and Maryland. Not this part of Pennsylvania, unfortunately. Damn, Philadelphians. But we got this in D.C., so... The aroma on it, I'm getting a roasty, but kind of like on that sharp side of roasty, almost like a little bit of brewer's licorice or anise in there. There's, I'm I'm just, I'm detecting some of the chocolate malt, I think I'm detecting some of the oat. Okay. Oh, yeah, I missed when you said oats. Yeah, there's a little bit of that steeliness or that slickness from, from oats. Hmm. Good chocolate flavor. Really big chocolate flavor on this on this porter. Hmm. Um. I kind of was expecting more of a bigger punch at first. Um, okay. But I'm getting used to it now, and um, yeah, it it's a it, it has kind of a dry finish. It's got uh, upfront uh, chocolatey notes, like Jeff said. Um, bitter uh, notes coming from those goldings. Um, Not a huge porter. It's only, what, 5% or 5.9? 5.9. But um, good flavor, you know, especially for, you know, not 
not a rip your face off porter. It's got a little bit of that um, sort of wintergreen, a little bit of that root beer mm-hmm. kind of flavor to it. Yeah, that's where I was getting like the brewer's liquor or something. Yeah, like yeah, wintergreen or um, something. Something is not one of those. How do you want to describe that? Mint-based spices or something. Huh? <laughs> Mint-derived. Sassafras, that sort of thing. Yeah. I'm trying to kind of slyly here look up more details on the Union Oak Barrel System, brewing system. But I like how it, it, it finishes very dry. I do like that a lot. So it really doesn't, it doesn't leave like a lingering bitterness or a lingering sweetness. It's... Um, it's really it's a well you can tell it's a well made porter really well defined and it's exactly what they wanted out of it okay so uh, here's what they do for um, in general they have um, Firestone Walker's ales are also selectively fermented in the patented Firestone Union Oak Barrel Brewing System the Firestone Union incorporates 60 gallon medium toast American oak barrels the portion of the beer that is fermented in the Firestone Union is racked. Fermented in the Firestone Union, so that's something else, I guess. Is racked to the barrels 24 hours after pitching. Uh, pitching in the unit tank, uh, the beer ferments in the oak for one week, which it is uh, racked and blended back into the unit tank. So they take a portion of the beer they fermented in the in the soak and they put it back in. Hmm. Where it's been six days in the barrels before being racked into stainless for secondary fermentation, lasting about a week. At this point, the wood fermented beer follows a similar path to stainless f- steel fermented beers. So, is it is it some of it is fermented in and it's yeah, mixed yeah, back? a portion of it is yeah. mixed, back, mixed back in. But it, you know, it's it's interesting because it's not oak aged, right? It's not like you know, it's not like they're using. They're definitely not using bourbon barrels. Mm-hmm. They're just using fresh oak barrels, charred oak. Um, but they're doing primary fermentation. It's only there for a week. And then um, pulled back in. If you want more details, if the listeners at home want more details, head over to Basic Brewing Radio and search their archives because they did an interview with Matt Brindelson, the brewer at Firestone Walker, and they talked all about Union Union Barrel Brewing. Um, this was a couple years ago, so search way back in the archives. I wonder if, if this is if this does anything similar to what Beechwood Aging does. Um, well, the Beechwood Aging is a help it you know gives it more surface area for the right, yeast to settle. Right, for the yeast around. to settle. Um, this is. It's not really a surface area thing, right? Because they're putting it into smaller barrels. The thing it does do, and in a week, again, go, go listen to what Matt Brindleson has to say mm-hmm. because he's not full of conjecture. He's full of uh, results. I'm only full of conjecture here. Um, you have a, a lot greater surface area in you know small barrels than you do in a uni tank. You know, so there's more beer touching the wood, even than touching the stainless. Um, the wood, you know, breathes a little bit in a week does, during primary fermentation. Does that make a difference? I don't know. Uh, but, you know, there's definitely some different physics at work in the fermentation. And uh, it is touching wood for, for a week, so getting something there. Yeah, it's hard to... You're not pulling the, uh, like the bourbon barrel stuff you would. You're not pulling a major oakiness. You're not really getting vanilla or anything like that yeah, either. There's some vanilla. There's some hints of it, but, there, but there's so much other else yeah. in the recipe that it's hard to tell where that's coming from, the barrel or... Yeah, it, may, it might be coming from the barrel. You know, it'd probably be better to to try Union Jack. You know, um, I mean, it's a, it's a hoppy pale ale, but it's not a porter, right? Which has you can get vanilla from 
things in porters, and right. you can get vanilla yeah. from barrels, and it's hard to tell which is which right now. But this is a tasty beer, isn't it? Very much so. It's really, like I said, you can tell that they, you can taste the, the, the amount of tuning that went into this one. Yeah. You can tell this one was you know, has been tweaked and, and, and put into it, and, and they really came out with what they wanted, and they pushed that out. Yeah, I mean, it just, it just feels, <laughs> it sounds weird, but unlike many other beers, it just feels like it fits your mouth very well. It yeah. just, like, just fits in there so well. That's partially like drinkability, but it's more like the mouthfeel. Like, feels like it fits better than most beers for some reason. I just got that feeling, in, you know, that I have to say four times before I get the point across. And the, it's it's a instead of trying to fit a square hole in a round peg, right? They, mm. they 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 manage to fit the the hole perfectly, but it's a liquid and it should exactly. So it's a big bottle. We got some more left over, but we'll save that for later, and we will move on to the bigger. In alcohol beers, what would you like to try next? Let's go with the terrapin, and we'll do the two old ales last. Sounds good. So terrapins, the dark side Belgian style imperial stout. Don't have much information on this because they bless you. They do have a whole... This is one of their side project beers. Yes. So they do have a whole section in the, on the website about their side project beers. But the one about this one, which is, I think, their second one, is just a blank page. It has a title. Mm-hmm. It says, The Dark Side. So all I can tell you is what Beer Advocate tells me, which is it's a Belgian strong dark ale at 8.5% alcohol by volume. Terrapin is from Georgia. Athens, Georgia. Yep. This is one of their uh, side projects, which is a set on this bottle one-time release. But when they're popular, they tend to make them a couple times. They've made the Gamma Ray several times. And I think there's a few other ones. Gamma Ray is the wheat wine mm. uh, we've done on the show before. This is very dark. <laughs> this is... It's in the name, Greg. This is... I mean, there's there are no highlights on this thing. This if you, is... If you hold it up high enough, you can get a little red. Get a nice ruby color. I don't know. Very... The very bottom of that glass. I, I think it just might be some refraction from the other light. I don't think there's anything... You can't see anywhere through this. This no. is... This is opaque. We're drinking out of uh, the saver glasses that we kept, and I'm not sure if they're very good at giving aroma, unfortunately. <laughs> they're, they're probably better for the two ounces, yeah. but there's not a lot of room for the aroma yeah, to I figured we give them a try tonight, because since we split beers, yeah, we never put a whole 12 ounces into a 12 ounce glass that's made for 12 ounces. And, you know, in a big sniffer, you know, that might be enhancing it. We figured give this a try. Yeah, when we pour, you know... Two thirds, three quarters away full. There isn't a ton of room for rum, but I'm getting a lot of rum on this one. It's, it's uh, you know, big dark fruits, big uh, dark fruits. sweet chocolate. Yeah, um, sweet chocolate. I'm actually like coming across a bit. It's reminding me a bit, a bit like a, a milkshake or a, a malt or something. Like yeah, like a malt. Yeah, like, like a frosty, something like that. <laughs> where. You're getting, um, I don't know if there's lactose in this beer, um, with this uh, level of opacity. Awkward edit there. Um, <laughs> Ether was out. Allison started looking around the house for, for any signs of life and couldn't find anyone, so she was freaking out. Um, 
I was talking about the uh, opacity, you know, this beer's so thick, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some lactose in there, and from the aroma, it kind of um, supplements that. I wouldn't be surprised. Conjecture. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty full body on there, too. I'd have to say there's some milk, milk sugar in here. Would not, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me again. It's, it's got a yeah, really nice sweetness to it. Hmm. It's... Um, Not I'm trying to detect hops here, and I'm not getting a lot of bitterness. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's definite bitterness there. I always have problems distinguishing hop bitterness from bitterness from chocolate roasted malt. Right, also. right. So you 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 know, if you go back, if you're used to listening to me, you never hear me go way off into describing a hop character of, of, of a stout because um, generally I'm not able to detect it unless it's like you know some crazy Belgio I, or yeah Belgio IPA or well I mean again IPA. this is a Belgian imperial stout so the question is is that lactose or is that just the candy sugar that's used in here or the Belgian yeast there's still a ton of body right and and you know candy sugar ferments out a lot it doesn't leave much sweetness behind it Belgian yeasts typically are pretty fermentable they typically grab as much sugar as they can out of the wort, right? They leave a lot of esters and phenols behind, but they don't, usually don't leave really sweet beers. So I'm wondering how this would taste if it wasn't quote-unquote Belgian. What mm. what makes right. this Belgian? You know, unfortunately, like I said, we can't look up the, you know, the information on the site. What makes this Belgian? What is distinctively Belgian about this? And I'm not picking up anything that I can say, oh, yeah, I taste this Belgian blah. I think, there's some, I think there's a floral. I think there's a floral character to it. I mean, getting some reminds me a little bit of savor flowers. Actually, and there's a little bit of floral in the very front of the taste on the top of your tongue. There's, Does that scream Belgian to you? Where else are you going to get the floral type esters from if not from the Belgian hops? Yeast? No, not not come across this way. I think. Yeah, that's where I think that the Belgians coming in. I think it's it's giving you some f- flowery ester type flavors. I don't know if it's just if that's just some sweetness, like you said, that that's impaired in, in maybe the lactose is put in here or other things. I don't necessarily or, or just some floral hop. Like I said, I can't really detect much in the way of happiness, so I don't know. Mm. Uh, there's nothing about it that that's. If you would have put this with a bunch of other styles and you know just said that, wouldn't have said, oh yeah, this one's this is a Belgian. If we were doing this blind with a bunch of other styles, I think it would stand out as a weird oddball. I mean, I think it's just it's really sweet. I mean, even with those milk styles, I think it would stand out with the flower characters. But until I do a blind, I wouldn't really know. I think it has something special going on there. I mean, where it's just not your average milk stout. It's not your average Belgian beer. The the thing that uh, I'm most confused about is the imperial part of the stout. Um, it doesn't. I guess I'm starting to feel it a little bit. I was going to say it doesn't taste entirely, you know, that strong, but it's starting to sneak around. I take that back. I recant that statement. At eight point five, that's a pretty strong stout. Yeah, yeah, I definitely recant that statement after uh, letting it sink in a little bit. So why don't you talk about your adventures in brewing? Oh. Brewed with evil intentions, this Belgian style imperial stout was made with copious amounts of dark grains. 
and make the beer as black as the underside of Vader's cape. The dark side was fermented with unique Belgian yeast strain, which sets this imperial style light years ahead of its time. So it's Star Wars inspired, huh? Spike's Brewing Words of Wisdom. It's called, it's no, called the Dark Side. So. Spike's, Spike's the brewer at Terrapin. Spike's Brewing Words of Wisdom. There is no dark side of the beer, really. Matter of fact, it's all dark. Okay. My brewing adventures. You so see why I don't read those. <laughs> I was hoping you would say, "Hey, we put lactose in here," but no, we're probably just all wrong on that one. Um, I brewed sa- uh, Sunday for the first time in uh, a year, over a year since uh, before Max was born. Man, was I rusty! <laughs> so my first, my first batch. Let me guess, you didn't put in the Irish moss. I did put in the Irish moss. Whoa! I can count on one hand the number of times I remember to put in Irish moss. I did remember to put that in in the IPA. Um, first, first brew I did was the breakfast dot recipe that I, I picked up a while back. Um, oats, lactose, no coffee in, in this one. Um, you know, just oats, oats and lactose. And I put in enough, it's a low alcohol beer. It's supposed to be like, like high fours percent. So it's like session. A session stuff. breakfast dot. Interesting. Um, which I but then again, if you're going to have something for breakfast, yeah. It should I, be. A I was session. measuring the grain out. I'm like, is this right? I went back and double checked the recipe. I'm like, yeah, it's it's only like 4.8 percent. Okay, we'll go with it because I only used for ten. I was trying to get 10 gallons out of it, and I used like 12 pounds of grain, which isn't much. It's like typically like double that, you know, from what I used to using. However, I completely, being rusty, I used the uh, strike temperature calculator in ProMash to figure out how you, you measure temperature of your grains and it tells you how hot your water needs to be and the volume of water you're putting in so you you nail your mash temperature and so i fixed the you know the temperature of the grains and whatnot and the the pounds of grains but i didn't fix the amount of water i was using i thought it was going to be locked to like one and a half quarts per pound of grain which is a average ratio okay but it didn't change the amount of water so like my ratio was like um one quart for like five pounds of grain or something you know way too dry so it's like use water at 190 degrees so i put it in i put in the water i'm like whoa that's like the thickest mash i've ever seen so i and and there was hot spots in it because i couldn't stir it good enough like oh i'm denaturing enzymes uh so i added some some cold water to it to get it to a better consistency and I was planning on adding more hot water but I added too much cold water so like I was way had a super runny mash then and I couldn't get it up to temperature by adding more hot water so I had to drag the mash down over the burner and heat the mash to heat the mash up to get it up to temperature uh, all said and done instead of getting like 11 or 12 gallons of runoff I got like 7 gallons of runoff so my efficiency was horrible because with a when you're running off the grains, I use a refractometer to check the um, the bricks of what's coming out of the mash tun at any particular time. And when it gets below three bricks, you need to stop because you should define these terms. Bricks is a percent of it, it's like original gravity. It's like um, Play-Doh, but it's I think it's percent of dissolved sugars in a liquid or something like that. But it, it's just the, the higher the bricks, the more sugars there are in the liquid. It's like femto barns. It's just yeah. yet another yeah. weird. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, when it gets below three, 
it means there's not many sugars in the beer. But it, it's kind of indicative of the pH of your mash has dropped also. And you can't mash when the pH is too low because you'll start leaching tannins out of the husks. So Okay. Because the beer yeah. is too acidic, it'll start leaching tannins from the husks. So instead of doing a pH meter, a pH test, home brewers can say when the bricks goes below three, you need to stop sparging. And generally, <laughs> what's that? Uh, just, if you took that sentence out of context, <laughs> when the bricks go below three, three, you have to stop sparging. It, it, I mean, you could interpret that in all different ways. <laughs> it could mean anything. You're right. Um, so generally, when I do that ma- method, I get you know all the wort that I had hoped for. You know, like pro mash, I think by default is set to like an eighty percent efficiency, and some you know it's been pro pretty. Mash is a software he uses. Software, yeah, it's been pretty easy for me to get more runoff than the eighty percent efficiency calculates. Um, but this is the first time that I've gotten less, way less, you know, several gallons less. Um, so so we'll see. Uh, I'm also, I'm not concerned yet. It's been three days, but the that beer is in two carboys. Uh, after I was done boil, brewing it, I split it into three gallons each and two carboys, and I added some Dolce de Leche to one, you know, a milk caramel that I made. Yeah. Because um, I think that'll be cool. I'm just worried about the fat in the milk screwing up the beer. I don't know. To me, here's here's what I think. I think 90% chance it's awful. Um, 8% chance it's, you know, just fine. And a 2% chance is amazing. <laughs> Sounds sounds like I would make the awful maybe like a forty fifty percent chance it was awful. I would say a thirty percent chance eh, it's just another homebrew, you know. And just a fifty, I meant uh, like yeah, my mouth. Forget about it. I'm hedging uh, my bets on, on awful. It, it so just it's just it has awful, to yeah. it has to exceed your expectations at that point. Yeah. Um, but it hasn't really showed much signs of fermentation yet. So now I'm kind of worried. Like I made a a wort that is like entirely unfermentable. <laughs> you know, I'm worried that like you can always make it into milkshakes. Man. I'm worried that the sugars that I made, <laughs> the yeast can't eat because it hasn't shown much sign yet. You yeah, know? and I I pitched the uh, the Safel O four. You know, their English yellow yeast. So it shouldn't. It should. I mean, sure, it's not going to take off the same day, but it should, three days later, it should show something. And uh, you can always. Just- Take a little chunk of bread yeast and throw it in there and see what happens. There you go. If it if it doesn't start fermenting, then you know I'll I'll, I'll hit the message boards and see what I should do to save it. Yeah. You know, see what I can do with it. But yeah, I mean, could I have made a mash that has like no fermentable sugars in it? Who knows? We'll see. You know, I mean, well, I suppose it, if that as long as you kick off some some fermentation, they'll be able to enzymatically break up any disaccharides, right? So, uh, I could throw bread in there, Brett. We might break it up. Oh, that would be oh a sour breakfast out. I don't know. <laughs> well, actually, Brett doesn't. We can talk about that later. I don't want to waste too much time, but Brett doesn't. In the primary, Brett gives off a surprisingly clean flavor. It's when you let it age for much, much long time in the secondary or in bottles, or that's where it really starts getting the funk. But you would age it in bottles. Not if I didn't want it to get too funky. So you control it. But you serve it quickly if you don't want it to get too funky. Mm, right. You want to move on to another beer? Yes. We're into one of my favorite styles, uh, the Old Ale. Let's do this one first. We're going to do the Curmudgeon. Old, old curmudgeon. curmudgeon. From Founders Brewing Company. Which is in Michigan. Um, 
drawing a blank on the city right now. Come on, I know this. Where's your address? Do, do, do. So Grand old, Rapids. Grand Rapids, Michigan. Old Ales, to me, are... I don't know what's the best way to describe them. They're they're like to to me they're they're uh, the stout version of a barley wine, I guess you could say. They're um, stout version, <laughs> the stout version of a barley wine. Yeah, they're they're not quite as sweet. They have, but they're more fruity. They have uh, high alcohol, but they have really lots of of, of uh, very interesting and. Oh, you uh, mean you mean old ale is to barley wine as stout is to porter? That's what you're saying. No, it, it it tends to be more of a a stouty kind of flavor along with okay. a, a barley wine ass kind of look, and and sort of mouth feel. So yeah, it, it's not the, it's not a perfect comparison, okay. but I I don't know. I mean, to me, they they are one of the best uh, and most interesting styles of beer. Yeah, I mean, old ales are like barley wines, where they would differ it would be. Um, you never come across a hoppy old ale. So yeah. those West Coast barley wines, you don't find those. Uh, where they compare from English barley wine, they do definitely seem to be a little bit more, um, a little bit richer, a little bit fuller. Think of them as your um, your port wine. Your yeah. You're definitely a dessert drinker in most cases. This old ale is brewed with molasses, uh, and then oak aged. It has nine point eight percent alcohol by volume and fifty IBUs. Big difference from the oak aging in the um, the Firestone Walker Union barrels, right? Because this one, you smell it, and you're smelling the barrel. You know, you're getting a little bit of, of whiskey type aromas off of it. It smells. It smells great. I'm, I'm getting kind of you know how the, in those cartoons when you smell something, you start to float up a little bit. <laughs> Your feet start yeah. to flutter. Hmm. <laughs> oh man, that just smells delicious. It just it smells does. like kind of like a cinnamon bun, but like with you know yeah. The, there's a big vanilla aroma on it. it it's kind of bourbony without burning your nose hot. Yeah. You know, so um, think of, you know, like the Buffalo Trace bourbon that we had a couple weeks ago, right? I mean, it smells very similar to that, but not nearly as hot. It's like you can actually take a huge inhale of it, and then you don't have to worry about your nose, like, burning. Mm, it just smells awesome. This is a... Uh, I don't know if you want an air... Well, yeah, I mean, because I've seen cinnamon roll air freshener, so I guess you could call this an air freshener beer. Mm. The color, by the way, is a... Um, Dark amber, big. So first thing I noticed, yeah, you get the you get the old ale flavor. You get a big malt backbone. You get some of the oak flavor. It's hoppy. That's the first thing. It is pretty. Whoa, hoppy. it's yeah. like hoppy. Big hop flavor on this guy. Citrus or citrusy. It's like I'm getting grapefruit in the hops. Actually, the longer you go and the more you let it sit on your palate, the more grapefruity it gets. It gets really yeah. grapefruity after you know twenty, thirty seconds. Yeah, it really does. It, it it's remarkably. It's funny because you were saying old ales don't aren't mm-hmm. hoppy. This is a pretty hoppy old ale. Yeah, that shows um, what I know. Those founders guys are always you know pulling over. So on. the flavors that that are coming through with, with the strong hoppiness is uh, definitely you know a prunes, uh, even pineapple. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, yeah. 
yeah, there's some there's some really interesting things going on here. I, I would even say a little bit like agave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not I mean, quite honey. It, yeah, it, it starts off sweeter at the beginning. I haven't had agave nectar, you know, enough to know exactly what that tastes like. I've had it like once or twice, you know, agave syrup. Um. So I'm not really sure on that, but yeah, when you were talking about the pineapple, you know, I had a fresh pineapple last weekend. You know, when I was making beer, I had a pineapple and I was cutting it up and eating it. And yeah, it's very similar flavors. Um, you know, a lot of sweetness, a little bit of acidity there. And then it, it morphs into this pretty acidic, tart grapefruit. You know, it yeah. starts off pineapple-y when you have all that malt still on your tongue. But then the hops stay at the party longer than the malt does. It's a little tingly, right, yeah. And then the hops, so when the malt leaves the party, the pineapple turns into grapefruit. And they definitely made me a liar when I said hop, uh, old ales are never, <laughs> never, um, never hoppy. Yeah, th- this is, this is actually, it, it tastes more barley wine than an old ale to me. Um, it's reminding me more of a barley wine than, than, than other old ales I've had. Yeah, yeah, I've never had one like this. This is, this is new to me. It, it's good. I mean, it's, I'm not saying there isn't a place in my life for a hoppy old ale because this is tasty. You taste the molasses in there? I'm not sure. I think it's kind of getting overwhelmed by by the other flavors. Yeah, I'm I'm really able to pick that out. I mean, you get a good malt flavor, you know, good sweet sugar at the beginning, but it it just tastes like, you know, just pale barley or something like that. It doesn't have anything, you know, a little roasty or um, smoky about it, you know, like where you might think you get from molasses. I'm not really picking that out. Hmm. Has there been any beer news that you've been aware of? I don't know. I've been too busy with work to <laughs> to look up beer news. I, I was able to get up a, uh, a Saber interview last night. I was hoping to get two, but I only got one done. I did see that, yeah. How many more do you have? Uh, that was the sixth one, so I think there's five more. They're all about six to ten minutes long. The thing is, when you don't edit your shows anymore, it takes longer to do a six-minute interview than it does to do a whole show, because the interviews definitely need edited. I have to fix my false start stutters and stammers on the interviews, because not, I'm not the best on-the-fly interviewer, especially after having several beers. I, I remember reading something about beer this past week, but I'm trying to remember what it was. Is it good for you again? Because uh, I... I it wasn't. It wasn't about craft beer. Some. Oh no, no. I read about Yingling. Okay. Uh, Yingling. Um, they, it was basically they had a, uh, a a profile somewhere of Dick Yingling, and how he's made such a, a tremendous, you know, a tremendous growth out of out of the Yingling brand. Mm-hmm. And you know that's great and all, but it 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 struck me kind of discordant when they were comparing. Yingling to other craft beers because I really, I mean, I guess you could say Yingling's craft, but to me, it's it's not. It 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 does not. None of their beers, you know, not just talking about the the, the lager, but mm-hmm. none of their beers really are that interesting to me. Yeah, um, and I've tried them, and I've tried them recently too. Have you tried Lord Chesterfield's lately? The ale, quote unquote ale. <laughs> 
Yeah, I've tried to black and tan, but I haven't yeah. tried Lord Chesterfield's. Yeah, I haven't had Lord Chesterfield's in a while. I hear okay. some people say that's that's the craftiest one to to try. Um, I mean, good for them. You know, if the, if they're a gateway to people getting into more flavorful beers, but it, it's below my uh, it's it's below my low water mark. You know, I, I'll drink something non beery before I decide to. Well, drink you it, say know. that, and yet you have just recently tasted. Iron City Mango. Yes. That was, I was going to bring that up next. It was um, surprising. It is, it's one of those beers, it's kind of reminded me of like Michelob Ultra where there's like no beer flavor. Uh-huh. The the nose on it was big mango. I thought, oh, there's going to be a cloying sweet mess. Um, but when you drink it, the, the mango's pretty subtle. It's about 50 times better than I expected the beer to be. Uh, I I won't buy it or drink it, you know, on purpose, but um, it's not a disgusting, horrible mess. It kind of reminds me somewhat of... Yesterday I had uh, Labatt Labatt. Blue Lime. That is a disgusting, horrible mess. Uh, I was a a bit shocked how bad it was because, you know, I've had some macro beers lately, and they haven't tasted horrible. I'm like, oh, I'm just getting used to everything and anything, you know, and... You know, bad beer doesn't taste as bad as I used to think it tastes. Well, the bat blue lime tastes as bad as I thought bad beer could be. Um, I haven't tasted anything that bad in quite a while. Was it like cloying or... No, it was just... It, it was re- what I remembered from what all beer... You, like my dad's beer used to taste like, where it just is nasty. Oh, okay, how can I really define it? it um tinny corny um and then the lime it was a big lime flavor like the first sip I'm like oh this is interesting but it just did didn't go with that beer at yeah. all you know it needs to go with a margarita or a mojito or something it yeah. doesn't go with that beer i'm really not a fan of any of the you know cores most of their grain bill is is from what i understand corn and i really don't like the corn i think corn turns very sulfury very mm. um uh, so you know, very disgusting. Yeah, sweet. lots of so, DMS, yeah. so no, you know, all those corn beers are, are you know, Budweiser, for instance, does mostly rice in their mm-hmm. in their grain bill, and that is clean. Rice is better served by ale yeast than lager yeast, but it's not. But it, and it gets kind of tinny, but mm-hmm. it's not as bad as the corn stuff. I was surprised. Um, it was. God, it must have been two years ago. When, but remember when Miller Lite was doing their, you know, they're talking about their triple hot process. Mm-hmm. And, and I was just like, ah, whatever. And I had a very fresh Miller Lite. And what shocked me was I could taste the hops. Yeah. And it wasn't awful. It wasn't a very good beer, but it wasn't awful. Well, I mean, that's kind of what I've, I've come to expect is, you know, these macro beers aren't going to, don't taste awful to me anymore. For some reason, you know, I've been able to, you know, just taste beers and not be repulsed by you know beer. So I wasn't I wasn't expecting to be repulsed by. I was expecting to be repulsed by icy light mango, but I thought it was going to be a cloying sweet mess. Um, I was surprised that it wasn't, and it was more imbalanced and crazy subtle. Um, but yeah, that that iron, that uh, labat blue light lime. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> it wasn't repulsed in the same way that I thought to be. I'd be repulsed, but. It, it's, still have, it's nice to know I still have a soul that I, you know, can't just quaff anything <laughs> and, and think they all taste okay. They all taste, you know, 
less than horrible because that was horrible. We still have yet to try four loco. I hear that's horrible. <laughs> that's a cloying sweet mess. So our uh, fourth and final beer of the night is the Highland Old Asheville Vintage Ale. 15th anniversary edition. Highland Brewing is in North Carolina. This is 9.5% alcohol by volume. They don't have anything about this beer on their site that doesn't, I can find. It doesn't exist. Pick this up. The last time I was down in Asheville at Vint, uh, I was going to say Vintage Estates, but that's the other... It's pretty dark for an old ale. It's, uh, I got it at Brews and Ales. It's almost a cola-ish color, even darker. That uh, smells good, though. Smells very, very good. Greg tricked me. He had a little bit of uh, the founders left in his glass. I'm like, oh, I could sneak a little bit more. And he finished his, and I'm stuck with, you know, a couple sips of beer. So <laughs> you're you the one who always qu- finishes quicker than I do. So I mm-hmm. was uh, surprised yep. by that. So this was only brewed once, so if you can <coughs> find this, good luck. They do an anniversary every year. I don't know if it's the old Asheville Ale, old Asheville Vintage Ale every year. Do you know that information or not? No. So it's kind of like a chestnut brown, right? It's, I mean... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's cloudy. You can see through it at the very bottom of the glass where it's thinnest, but... I mean, you can see that your finger's on the other side. But it, it's definitely a, a uh, hazy beer. Roma has uh, caramel notes. Sweet toffee. I keep burping grapefruit from that damn Founders. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of light smoke. Yeah, a little toffee is what I'm getting. It just, um, it seems like it's going to be a rich... I'm not getting a ton of aroma. It's one of the ones where I'm getting like less aroma than yeah. the other beers tonight. Um, but it seems like it's going to be a really rich malt character on this one. A little more traditional, if you will. Hmm. Okay, so the the flavor is kind of heavy on the caramel side. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Ha- I mean, the fruitiness is there, and it, you know, it hits you at the end. There's a bitterness in this one too. Yeah, I mean, it starts out where I'm getting this this um, sweet malt. It's a little bit caramel, but it's actually there's like a hint of roast in there too. Even though the color doesn't really you know tell you, it's going to taste that roasty, and then. Later on, you get this pretty straight-edged bitterness. Um, I won't really say it's a hop flavor, but the way it comes across, it it it, it kind of dried dried apricot. Okay. Dried dry fruitish, maybe dried apple. It's got you know the the traditional dark fruits here. Your fig and your mm-hmm. your plum, or rather prune. Yeah, I mean all those. You know, I'm like I think I'm tasting dates right now. 
But yeah, that's not really that much different from figs. Hmm. There's something that's a little off about this one. It just doesn't... Fruitiness usually kind of bursts out of old ales, which is one of the reasons I enjoy them so much. And this one, it, it, it seems like the bursting is kind of confined. The the malt kind of surrounds it and, and keeps it from, from becoming... This See, big... I'm thinking it's the bitterness that's, that's keeping that bursting from happening. I think the bitterness is reining it back in. That could it, be. Giving it a little more balance, you know, so it's not... Because, you know, you do need bitterness in an old ale, otherwise it's going to be this cloying sweet mess. Right, right. Um, you know, you need to establish the balance. Um, this one has a little more bitterness. So, you know, I like, you know, I typically expect to see them where there's just enough bitterness to control the hops. And, and this one is kind of dominating, not dominating is not the right word, but it's it's kind of neck and neck with the hops and not just a kind of a governor on the hops it's kind of competing with the hops so that's or i'm sorry i was saying hops when i meant say malt replace <laughs> replace <laughs> no so what i meant to say is the bitterness we got, you. we got you gotcha the bitterness is you know normally a governor on the on the malt um but this one is is you know trying to upstage the malt a little bit so it, I, I not good or bad i haven't made my opinion on that it's just different Neither of these old ales really hit me in the way that the best old ales do. The, the, the one that the one that I always go back to, I think, is Adam mm-hmm. from Hair of the Dog. That was one of my first old ales, and, and you know, oh, Adam is is a special creature. Yeah, Adam is a very special creature, and we could pull him out tonight if you're feeling saucy. I had no problem with him. Have a little Adam. All right. He's going to be at Cellar Temps. You know, he's going to be... Or summertime Cellar Temps. So he's That's going to be perfect. about 68 degrees. That's so perfect. It's about, it's about 10 degrees too warm, but... Well, all right. Not perfect, but it'll do. All right. So let's work our way through this uh, old ale. If we have anything else to say from the old vintage ale from Asheville in... Let's see what they have here. I'm oh, sorry. I, I messed the title horribly. It's the Highland Brewing Old Asheville Vintage Ale. Yes. Um, British malts, British ale yeast, Styrian Bobek hops. Styrian Bobek, that's that's new to me. I'm surprised though. And the addition of Sterling hops. Okay, so I was thinking that it was going to be more like um, higher alpha, you know, West Coast hop. But no, that makes sense. The Styrian, because it is a spicy type flavor slash you know I'm wondering if that spice is coming from the alcohol it's well yeah but I mean those are those are continental type hops so you know typically you describe those as, as spicy you know uh, you know herbal spicy something mm-hmm. like that as opposed to citrusy fruity floral mm-hmm. you know those would be not things you would consider with from a steering type hop these beers have all smelled good tonight I'll give them that. I think they've all tasted good. You know, <laughs> yeah. No one has been a wild beer. I, th- I, yeah. you know, I think, you know, we saw the lineup. We're like, oh, Terrapin Side Project, Highland Anniversary, Founders, Old Curmudgeon. 
we're gonna have like four wow beers tonight. This is gonna be awesome. And you know, I think I think you know if our expectations are set right, and, I, and I'm feeling good that I'm enjoying each one of these beers. Yeah. Just none of them are like, oh, it's the best example of the style. They're just, right, right. They're just they're they're very solid the, beers. You know, the last two I would say are inter or the last three, you know, most of the show have been interesting takes on styles right and right. you know i do not want to knock a beer because it's off style that i'm not yeah, the, no, i'm, with I'm you. not the bjcp beer judge show i'm i'm is this beer good and you know i like those and then you know you got the firestone walker which is you know if anything is a classic example yeah. that one was maybe not a classic example of a style but it was just a classic beer yeah it was classically put together, and clearly they had a mind of what they wanted to do, and they really accomplished it. Let me go find an atom. Let's do it. All right, we're back, and uh, you know, Greg had asked me about beer news, so I went to uh, for an Adam's page. It, Adam, Adam Beer, Adam, the guy who runs BeerNews.org, um, Boston Beer and Vine Stefan is. Um, Getting uh, Infinium 2011 out the door in November. Um, I like here how they say that uh, craft beer drinkers more or less have voted Infinium 2010 as the biggest disappointment of 2010. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. It, it, I don't know. It wasn't. I didn't. I didn't uh, find it all that good either. We got a. Okay, so this is Adam from Hair of the Dog. This one, uh, we're not quite sure, but from what we can tell, is brewed in either. Um, is brewed either in 03 or 04. Hair of the Dog used to have a vintage guide on their website with the uh, batch number, but they stopped updating that in 2003. Yeah. So. In, the, in the beginning of 2003 at 58. So this is, this is Adam sixty six from our friend Brian Greenwood in Portland. Thank you, Brian. Now that's a wonderful smell. And, and you know, if you can be self entitled and um, you know asking for a little too much, this is our last Adam. We could use more. <laughs> mm. Wow, that smells good. 10% alcohol by volume, 8% alcohol by weight. So not only is Adam an old ale, which is probably the best category it fits into, but it's this old world ale. And uh, if I remember right, you know, it's kind of modeled after beers brewed more traditionally when you had to brew it over fire and you, you know, had to mulch your grains over fire. So there's a pretty smoky flavor to, to Adam. They say it's top fermented and cold conditioned. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean they might be might use a yeast that likes a little bit of lagering, right? Deschutes and Boulevard is working on a collaboration. Stephen Paul's of Boulevard and Larry Cedor of Deschutes. Wow, that's good. <laughs> White IPA. Wow, that Adam is awesome. It is. Yeah, these these beer news notes are pretty, you know, inside baseball. You know, it's just little whispers of what's happening around the uh, craft brewing world. So there's this big fruitiness that comes to the end. This, this, you know, 
like I said, bursting. It it bursts with all these fruity flavors with with you know cherries and plums and even like cantaloupe and and uh, and maybe a little bit of grape. I mean, it's got so much different flavors there. Uh huh. Oh yeah, Adam is is delicious. Did you see the um, the Boston Bruins beer bar bill after they won the Stanley Cup? Boston Bruins beer bar bill? Uh, oh, Boston Bruins bar bill at the hotel in Connecticut. I forget the name of it. After they won the no, Stanley Cup. No, I did see all the, the rioting in Toronto. Oh, that was insane. Or Vancouver, rather. I'm sorry. So the Boston Bruins, they, um, you know, the team was out partying after they won the Cup, and they racked up a $150,000 bar bill. Now, granted, um, was it a hundred thousand of that was one ginormous bottle of of uh, champagne, um, like the biggest bottle of champagne ever made? Uh, <laughs> but I just read here that so everyone has seen that you know everyone who you know, follows the the liquor thing or the Bruins have seen this receipt. It's this huge receipt. Everything's itemized, and there was like two bottles of Blue Moon bought. And apparently there was an Amstel Light in it because this is saying in a creative case of example, creative example of marketing, Amstel Light free beer for the Boston Brewer player that ordered the Amstel Light on the on the receipt. <laughs> what? There was only like six beers sold. You know, it was all like they sold like twelve bottles of Grey Goose vodka, but only like six beers. And um, so who, who, whichever Bruins player ordered the Amstel Light, Amstel is going to give them free beer. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah, How did they know it was a player? Maybe one of their girlfriends or something. It could have been. There was no craft beer on the on the receipt. Blue Moon was as close, close as it came. Absolute Light is not terrible. No. It's not craft, though. We Well, we did a show on craft light beer, and Amstel was one of the ones we we did. Right. So. Well, yes, craft-ish. I mean, it depends on... Amstel came in second, I believe, right? No, it was third. We, we okay. Second was Heineken. When okay. we were sent in those big bomb-proof, yeah, that's right, the the light-proof, bomb-proof containers. <clears throat> Adam, I love Adam. <laughs> Adam is to me is is I mean I know Fred's good, but Adam is is like is is miles ahead of Fred, streets ahead. Street you might say <laughs> it is. I, I just don't really have words because, you know, it's just, just leave me alone. I'm drinking my beer, you know. <laughs> Even at this temperature, I mean, it, it, it's great. It, it's, does, um, it does. I mean, there's really no, it's it's smoky. It's not oxidized. You know, it's what, 2004. It's yeah. six years old now. It tastes awesome. This is what, a third time having Adam, I think. Yeah. This is a this is just a beautiful a beautiful beer. This I do is, have to, I do think you know maybe it's fondness of memory, but I remember the first time I had Adam, and you can only have Adam for the first time once. You can but, only do anything for the first time once. <laughs> I guess unless you have a time machine. Ooh, a beer time machine. We should invent that. <laughs> I'll get right on it. Then we can have the excitement of our early shows instead of our curmudgeonly. Jaded ways of today. Well, we did have old curmudgeons, so yes. Well, we got some orphans to finish off here. 
And I just thought of something I want to talk about post show. So I think we should uh, rank and and wrap up. All right, Jeff, is Adam is Adam qualifying the ranking? Well, we we drank it. He's like a bonus beer though. But all right, all right. Adam's number one for both of us. Hold on! Don't put words in my mouth. You're not gonna put Adam number one. <laughs> I might put Adam number one, but I haven't decided yet. <laughs> <laughs> He's pulling. He's pulling at the front of the pack, but we haven't closed the polls yet. We've still got you know some lead voters coming in. Yeah, but he's got like a four million vote lead. So. <laughs> I liked just every beer we had tonight. Yeah, no, I did I, too. I mean, I liked them a lot. I mean, like I said earlier, you know, the mate, the, the you know, three of those were not really classic examples of any of anything, but they were just good beers. If you know what you want to to do, go for it. Because I am, I, I have like a five way tie here. Okay, well, Adam wins. Um, but we kind of knew that. That's why we pulled it out. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted sort of a what what our, what was our at least to me and probably to you, but to me the the, the classic the 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 best old ale I could think of uh, was Adam, and you know I'm glad that uh, we pulled out of the, out of the cellar and it doesn't it hasn't aged and I mean it hasn't really. Yeah, it didn't even need well. you know yeah. chilled to like 54 degrees. Yeah, you know, it tastes great at 68. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Firestone as my number two, just because I think, like we said, it really, it really filled out exactly what we wanted to do, and 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 you could really, you could taste the crafting on that one. You could taste how how much effort was put into making it really hit all the right notes. So I'm gonna give that Firestone number two. Ah, uh, boy, number three. I think I will go with the Terrapin. Um, not, couldn't really figure out what the Belgian part was, mm-hmm. but I did like it, and I liked uh, the, the lactose kind of sweetness to it and the fullness that came from that. Which may or may not be in there. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, we're, we're, we're picking things out that may or may not be in there, but it, it tasted like that. So, you know, I'll 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 give it that for now, and if we find out later, well, you know, oh, oh well, but it tastes like it has lactose in there. Number four, number four, number four. Yeah, I'll have to go with the Highland uh, above the old curmudgeon simply because I don't like. I mean, like is a stronger. I don't. I think that the hoppier version of an old ale to me striked me more barley wineish, and I was really looking for more of the old ale stuff, which the Highland didn't necessarily give me, but it gave me more of it than the Curmudgeon did. Like I said, they were all good beers, but uh, Curmudgeon is the HLL, the hard luck loser. All right, uh, Greg gave me all that time, and I'm still not any closer to figuring out how I would order these. Um, I want to rank them all number one or two. Uh, <laughs> I liked them. I mean, I had a hell of a shoot tonight. Very tasty. Very, very tasty. Well, come on, Jeff. Okay, I mean, I was trying to, trying to rationalize not putting Adam first. 
Oh, he's a big beer. He was the <laughs> he was the designated hitter. He was you know our our ace in the hole. Um, the, uh, doesn't matter anyway. He cut it. Hero of the dog, Portland, Oregon. Adam. Yeah. Is a world class. It's a wild beer. Yeah. It, it is a wild beer. And number two, um, I'm with Greg. I think Firestone Walkers Reserve. Yep. Five point eight percent. Pretty not in your face. An unassuming porter. Delicious. I think it's five nine, but yeah, delicious. Their label says five eight. Those beer advocates are wrong. Or their their own website. Their own website. Yeah. <laughs> um, from there it gets really fuzzy for me. Um, it's virtually a three way tie. I think I'm gonna have to put the. Oh. Terrapin, I like the sweetness. The curmudgeon, I liked that that pineapple to grapefruit hoppiness. Uh, curmudgeon three, terrapin number four, and the Asheville, uh, you know, just a, just finishing like a fraction of a second behind them. All right, and there we go. That's all she wrote. Let's kill some orphans in the uh, in the post show. We're gonna kill orphans. Orphan bottles of beer. Oh, okay. Yeah, it didn't. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't appeal to me right away. But okay, sounds better now. In the yes. Right context, yes. Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. The opening and closing music is Last Hurrah from the band The Lights Out. You can listen to more of their music at their website, thelightsout.com. Some people get a longer fuse. Some people's shoulders are big enough to the abuse. They never say what you can't hear